Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hello, good morning. Um, <laughs> how, are, how are you all doing? Uh, I was up all night last night. I don't know why, but I woke up at one and I couldn't go back to sleep. And so I didn't go to bed till five. And now it's a little after eight and um, I'm up with my day and I'm hoping that I won't be super tired, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure why my body just would not go back to bed. But my daughter just called me, Madeline, to say hi. And um, she's like, mom, did you just wake up? Because I normally like to wake up quite early. And I was like, I did. And I thought, oh, dear, my voice sounds like I just woke up and I did. <laughs> so anyway, I'm really glad you're joining me today. And um, I had set a goal that when I woke up this morning, I would do a, the recording of this podcast. So even though I sound a little groggy, I uh, really wanted to complete this um, recording. And so um, I was in a meeting last week and at the end of the meeting, one of the women uh, shared a very insightful thought about healing and naming. And she said, you know, essentially um, in the muddy water, the muddy Jordan river, he was healed of his leprosy. He went and washed seven times. And all of a sudden my mind just started going with all these different thoughts. And so I started recording my thoughts and I started thinking of all these scripture stories and all these individuals that during the peril of their lives, the deepest um, sorrows, sufferings, pains, there was a healing that took place. And um, I feel like sometimes we think I'm in, um, uh, elder Scott grow. He said through his atonement, he heals not only the transgressors, but he also heals the innocent who suffer because of those transgressor transgressors. I just thought there are things that we go through and, um, and in the darkest place of these, of these experiences, he can heal us. Um, also in, uh, in one of the principles of our support group and principle three, um, in, in this book, it talks about real healing does not become complete until we turn to the savior. So today I want to talk about in the darkest times of our lives, we can experience his healing power. I want to first start out reading to you a scripture in third Nephi 17, seven, it says, have ye any that are sick among you, bring them hither. And this is the savior speaking to the people. Have ye any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leprous or that are withered or that are deaf or that are afflicted in any manner, bring them hither and I will heal them. For I have compassion upon you, my bowels 
are filled with mercy. So maybe we aren't lame, blind, halt, maimed, leprous, withered, deaf, or afflicted with something in a physical manner, but maybe spiritually we are lame, blind, halt, maimed, leprous, withered on a spiritual level, and he can heal us. He will heal us. And if we turn to him, he has so much compassion and love for us. Um, I want to first start off because what sparked this whole thing was Naaman. So if you remember, Naaman was the captain of the army. He was second in command to the king and he was a leper. And so he goes to, um, Elisha's house, uh, with his horses and his chariot and Elisha sends out a messenger and the messenger tells Naaman go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. Um, but Naaman, he gets mad and he goes away and he is not happy about what's going on. And he thinks, you know, there's other rivers. Why this river? Why the Jordan river? Um, and he says, may I not wash in them and be clean? Meaning there's these other rivers that I could go to. Why is it going to be the muddy Jordan river? So he went away in a rage and, uh, his servant came to him and spake to him and said, if the prophet had bid thee do some good, great things, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. Then went he down. So then went Naaman down and he dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. So I want you to imagine, you know, spiritually speaking, if you had leprosy and, um, you were going through something, would you trust that what you are being told by a prophet, even if it doesn't make sense and it's in, as Naaman said, the Jordan, why not, why not something else? But it was in that mucky Jordan river that in obedience, the washing seven times that the savior was able to heal him and his flesh. Um, I also thought about in the scriptures, even the earth through its most tumultuous time can be healed. I was thinking about um, when the savior appeared on the American continent before that happened. Remember the earth was completely in upheaval. There were fires and earthquakes and storms and darkness and, um, it was, it was a very, um, scary place of, um, darkness and pain and suffering. And it says that, um, and it was in the morning and the darkness dispersed off all the face of the land. This is in uh, third Nephi chapter, uh, nine and 10. And the darkness dispersed from the face of the land and the earth did cease to tremble and the rocks did cease to rend and the dreadful groanings did cease and all the tumultuous noise did pass away. So every, all the things that were happening leading up to his, um, arrival to the people had ceased. And this is what it, what it says in verse 10 and the earth did cleave together again, that it stood and the mourning and the weeping and the wailing of the people who were spared alive 
did cease and their mourning was turned into joy and their lamentations into the praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord Jesus Christ, their redeemer. I just love that it said the earth did cleave together again. So not only do we heal in our deepest, darkest moments of turmoil and pain and suffering and groanings, but the earth does that too. The next scripture that I thought about was the Good Samaritan in, in the New Testament, Luke chapter 10. And the reason why I thought about that was here is this, this individual, this man that goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he falls among thieves. They strip him of his raiment. They wound him and depart and they leave him half dead. And a priest comes by. And he passes on the other side, a Levite comes by and he passes on the other side, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him, just like the savior had compassion on, on, um, on the children that were there at the, the individuals and children at the temple as her, his arrival on the American continent, the savior has compassion on us all. And he wants to bind up our wounds. And this Samaritan, he went to him, this man, and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And he set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and he gave them to the host and said, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more than I come again, I will repay thee. Um, and the savior said to them, go and do thou likewise. So in this suffering of this man, I mean, being half left half dead in the darkest place, probably at the time of his life, there was a savior a Samaritan that came and bound him up and helped him heal uh, and took him to a place to recover. The next one that I thought about was Alma the Younger. So Alma the Younger had gone about with the sons of Mosiah and they, their goal was to destroy the church. And while they were on their way, an angel appears to them and the angels there to stop them. And the angel speaks to them in a voice of thunder and the whole earth does tremble beneath their feet. And Alma falls to the earth along with the sons of Mosiah for the fear of the Lord came upon them. But the angel says, arise. And Alma rises and stands up and he beholds the angel. And he says unto him, if thou of thyself be destroyed, seek no more to destroy the church of God. And it came to pass that I fell to the earth and it was for the space of three days and three nights that I could not open my mouth. Neither had I the use of my limbs. So Alma is not able to open his mouth or use his limbs for three days and three nights. He is in the deepest, darkest abyss you could possibly imagine. The words that he uses is he was struck with such great fear and amazement, perhaps that he should be destroyed. Um, 
he said that he was racked with eternal torment. He was hard up in the greatest degree. And he did remember all his sins and iniquities. He said, I was tormented with the pains of hell. And he experienced horror. He felt that he had murdered many of the children. Rather, he said he had led them away to destruction. And um, his soul with, had been racked in inexpressible horror. And he felt like he could be banished. I mean, these words, and he become extinct, both body, soul, and body that I might not brought, be brought to stand before the presence of God to be judged of my deeds. So for three days and three nights, he was racked with the pains of a damned soul. Okay. So why do I keep bringing up these different scenarios? Because I'm trying to reiterate that if we are going through something that we literally have some of these emotions, um, we can be healed. It is possible. And we need to realize that even though we might be in these dark places or might be observing our family members or children or loved ones that are going through this, there is the ability as they turn to Christ to be healed and for us to turn to Christ. So this is what Alma says. He says, and it came to pass that as I was thus racked with torment, while I was harrowed up in the memory of my many sins, behold, I remembered also to have heard my father prophesying to the people concerning the coming of one Jesus Christ, a son of God, to atone for the sins of the world. Now as my mind caught hold upon this thought, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me, who am in the gall of bitterness and am in this encircled about by the everlasting chains of death. Now behold, when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. Yea, I was harrowed up with the memory of my sins no more. And oh, what joy and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, my soul was filled with joy as exceeding as was my pain. And then he says, my limbs did receive their strength again. And I stood upon my feet and I did manifest unto the people that I had been born of God. So here's this young man who has been going about destroying the church and an angel comes and he is literally racked, harrowed, tormented, fear, um, experiencing the feelings of a banishment, um, the pains of a damn soul, and he's healed. He's made whole. And um, during the darkest time. Okay, the next one that I thought about was Jonah in the well, in the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. So Jonah is, um, he's called to go to Nineveh to cry repentance um, against the wickedness that was happening there. But Jonah had other desires. So have you ever been asked to do something you feel like the Lord wants you to do and you want to flee? <laughs> well, Jonah wanted to flee and he went up to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarsus, Tarsus. And he paid the fare. He gets on the ship and all of a sudden a great wind in the sea arises and there's this tempest. And the mariner gets afraid and he cries to every man uh, to, to call into his God. 
and, you know, get rid of the wares that were in the ship and the sea to lighten everything up. But Jonah was um, down in the ships and he was asleep and the shipmaster comes to him and says, why, how are you sleeping? You know, what mean is this? He says, get up, call upon God. We're going to die. And, um, the, there's one person on the ship that says, come, let us cast lots that we may know for what caused this evils upon us. So they all cast lots and the lot falls upon Jonah. And, um, he, they said, tell us for what causes this evil upon us? What, what do you do for a living? Where did you come from? Um, what is, where, you, where's your country? What people art thou? And, um, and he says, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. The men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them that he had. So he says to them, take me up and cast me into the sea and everything will calm down. And I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. Now, the men decided to go ahead and row as hard as they could to bring it to land. But in the end, their labor was fruitless because they couldn't. The sea was too temptuous and raw and they couldn't do it. So they feel bad. Um, they don't want to lay hold upon him, this innocent man, but they also know that he's asked them to do this. And so they take Jonah and they throw him into the sea and the sea ceased from raging immediately. And it says that the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. You know, that's a similar thing with Alma the Younger, right? Three days, three nights. There's some symbolism there for sure. So Jonah's in the belly of the fish and he is crying by reason of my own afflictions. And he says that the Lord heard him. And he said, for thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas and the floods compassed me about all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet will I look toward again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depths closed me about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. And I went down into the bottom, bottoms of the mountains. The earth with all her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Um. And he said that the Lord spake into the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So here Jonah is in the belly of a well, and he's going, feeling the, all these emotions, three days, three nights, and the Lord heals him. He allows that the whale removes Jonah from him, his body, and he's able to go forth and cry repentance unto the people. So in Jonah's darkest moment, the Lord healed him and provide a way for deliverance. Okay. The next, um, scripture that I thought about was in, was Lazarus when he died and his sisters, um, 
they're, you know, they're in Bethany and many of the Jews come to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Um, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him and Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. And so Jesus tells her, thy brother will rise again, Martha. And she said, well, I know that he'll rise at the resurrection. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And Martha said to the Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, which should come into the world. And when she had said this, she went her way and called Mary, her sister. And she says to Mary, the master's come and he calleth for thee. And as soon as Mary heard that she gets up and she goes quickly to the savior. Then when Mary was come to Jesus, she saw him and she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, our brother wouldn't have died. So have you gone through something where someone you dearly love has passed away? And in, in this case, we know that Lazarus comes forth out of the grave and that he lives and that the savior heals him. And, um, it says that Jesus saw her weeping and he saw the Jews also weeping with her and his spirit grown within him and he troubled and he wept. And, um, Jesus said, take Take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that is dead, saith unto him, Lord, but by this time he stinketh, for it hath been four days. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted his eyes up and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hadst heard that thou heardest me always. And he tells Lazarus with a loud voice, Come forth. And Lazarus, Lazarus, who who had been dead came forth bound hands and foot with grave cloths and his face was face was bound with a napkin and jesus said unto them loose him and let him go so in this situation during the greatest despair and the death of lazarus he is healed by the savior and comes forth and lives okay the next um the Next scripture that I thought about or situation that I thought about from the scriptures was Liberty Jail. So just so we all can kind of get a picture of what this situation was, um, I went to, it's uh, in the scripture study under revelation and content. And so I just kind of read through it to understand more what their situation was. So in December, 1838, in the beginning of December, Joseph and several, um, in the first presidency and other individuals, they are taken to Liberty jail. And so, um, they, these are just little in informative things about the jail. It was a uh, four foot thick stone walls, a six foot ceiling. There was constant harassment from the guards. They described the structure as hell surrounded with demons. Um, they were in the lower level dungeon where the temperatures dropped, light was dimmed, odors reeked, and time seemed to slow. They only had 
dirty straw couches that prevented the prisoners from sleeping on the stone floor, but even those wore out after a while. Um, also, the food sickened the, the prisoners. Uh, Joseph and his companions described their daily meals as, quote, very coarse and so fil filthy that we could not eat them until we were driven to it by hunger. Hunger. Finally, after the prisoners did eat, the food caused them to vomit almost to death. Some of the detainees suspected that they were being poisoned in the food and the water, and that sometimes they were even being fed upon human flesh. Um, word spread that the Latter-day Saint prisoners were at Liberty Dale, so it became like a zoo. All these people came and taunted and jeered and echoed uh, these negative things to them. It said that Hiram complained, we often, we were, we are often inspected by fools who act as though we are elephants or sea hogs or some monstrous whale or sea serpents. Day after day, the men languished in jail and emotional sting slowly and continuously tested their faith. Our souls have been bowed down and we have suffered much distress and truly we have waded through an ocean of trouble. The fourth month confinement of Liberty, Liberty Jail also took a heavy physical toll on the, on the prisoners. Sunlight barely crept through the small iron barred windows that were too high to see through. And long hours in the darkness caused the men's eyes to strain, as one of the jailers later remembered. While a small fire was allowed without a chimney to, cha to channel the smoke, the prisoners' eyes became even more irritated. They also said that their ears ached, their nerves, nerves trembled, and that Hiram Smith even went into a shock at one point. Um, not only were they suffering physically, not only were they unable to find any comfort, warmth, but they were also deeply concerned about their families and how destitute and scattered and driven they were from the state of Missouri. There was a man with them by the name of Caleb Baldwin, and he had 10 children. And they felt the deepest loneliness and separation in Liberty Jail. And his wife was able, Nancy is, is Caleb's wife. She did come right before Christmas, but other than that, there was no communication. So he didn't know what happened to his 10 children for three months um, after that visit that she made. So the whole situation seemed completely helpless, completely helpless. And um, they had tried to escape a couple times, but it didn't happen. And in March, um, they asked for their petition to be, you know, that they might be released, that they had been detained on unlawful um, terms. And they tried their best to... Um, to get someone to listen to them. Caleb Baldwin, uh, he shared that his, he learned that his son also named Caleb had been beaten nearly to death by Missourians with hickory sticks. So these detainees, um, were suffering so much. They were at the high hand of oppression and they were wanting to be acquitted. And in April, 1839. So they arrived there in December. 1838, the guards turned a blind eye and allowed them to flee from custody. So the men were able to, um, 
escape and run and get away. Now, if you remember, the Lord gives uh, revelations to Joseph during this time. And I mean, I want you to imagine being in a cold, damp, dark place. The food is horrible. You are being poisoned. Um, there's hardly any light, darkness. And maybe at times spiritually you feel this way where like, where can I turn for peace? Where is there some light to provide me some warmth? I mean, this is the deepest of all suffering. And um, in this revelation, the Lord basically goes through and says, look, if you're called to pass through tribulation, through perils among false brethren, if you are called to um, perils among robbers and perils by land and sea, if you're accused, if you're falsely accused, if your enemies fall, fall upon you and tear you from the society of your father and mother, if you are dragged to prison, if your enemies prowl around you like wolves for the blood of the lamb, if you're cast in a pit, if you're sentenced to death, if the billowing surges conspire against thee, if the fierce winds become thine enemies, if the heavens gather blackness and hedge up and all the elements hedge up the way, if the jaws of hell shall gape open the mouth wide after you, know thou, my son, that all these things shall give thee experience and shall, shall be for thy good. The son of man hath descended below them all. Art thou greater than he? Therefore, hold thy way. Fear not what man can do, for God shall be with you forever and ever. That is hard to hear. I mean, as you're going, as we each are going through different trials and, and knowing that if we go through all of these, fear not, hold on our way and be bound to God. Elder Holland gave an incredible talk called The Lessons from Liberty Jail in 2008. You've got to go listen to it. And um, he talked about, he said, tonight's message is that when you have to, you can have sacred, revelatory, profoundly instructive experiences with the Lord in any situation you are on, you are in. So I just shared with you about Naaman, about the Good Samaritan, um, about Lazarus, about um, Alma the Younger. And Elder Holland says, you can have revelatory, sacred, profoundly instructive experiences with the Lord in any situation. He said, indeed, let me say that even a little stronger, you can have sacred, revelatory, profoundly instructive experiences with the Lord in the most miserable experiences of your life, in the worst settings, while enduring the most painful injustices when facing the most insurmountable odds and opposition you have ever faced. He said, now let's talk about those um, propositions for a moment. Every one of us in one way or another, great or small, dramatic or incidental, is going to spend a little time in Liberty Jail, spiritually speaking. We will face things we did not want to face for reasons that may not have been our fault. Indeed, we may face difficult circumstances for reasons that are absolutely right and proper reasons that came because we were trying to keep the commandments of the Lord. We may face persecution. We may endure heartache and separation from loved ones. 
We may be hungry and cold and forlorn. Yes, before our lives are over, we may all be given a taste of what the prophets faced often in their lives. But the lessons of the winter of 1838 and 1839 teach us that every experience can become a redemptive experience if we remain bonded to our Father in heaven through that difficulty. These difficult lessons taught us, teach us that man's extremity is God's opportunity. And if we will hum, be humble and faithful, if we will be believing and not curse God for our problem, he can turn the unfair and inhumane and debilitating prisons of our lives into temples, or at least into a circumstance that can bring comfort, revelation, divine companionship, and peace. Isn't that beautiful? I'm, I think in the, when we're going through all these things and having these trials, it's hard to see that. But as Elder Holland said, these experiences can be redemptive experiences if we remain bonded to our Father in heaven through the difficulty. So before I end today, I just want to share with you what President Nelson said in 2005, he said, when sore trials come upon you, it's time to deepen our faith in God to work hard and to serve others. Then he will heal our broken hearts. He will bestow upon us personal peace and comfort. Those great gifts will not be destroyed even by death. And, um, the last thing too, that I want to read is back at the scripture. I read in the beginning from third Nephi 17, seven, have ye any that are sick among you bring them hither? Have ye any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leprous or that are withered or that are deaf or that are afflicted in any manner, bring them hither and I will heal them for I have compassion upon you for my bowels are filled with mercy. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're able to take some of the things that I shared and look deeper into your own study and see the situations that teach us that in the darkest moments of our lives, that he will be there to heal us and comfort us and provide us with peace and compassion. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.